Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Position unit comparison for Saturday's game at Willie B. And we will start at the quarterback position. And on the Florida side of things, you know, this was a talking point all throughout the summer because, of course, the Gators were in need of a quarterback after Anthony Richardson was taken in the NFL draft. And you would have thought to yourself, okay, Florida's going to be able to go out there and get a big-time name. I mean, it's still Florida. Although Billy Napier is not Steve Spurrier, they're not quite running the fun and gun. They're not running some sort of air raid system. You know, I think we all thought, okay, Florida should not have a problem landing a quarterback. Well, the Jaden Rashada situation happened with NIL, what have you. They lost out on him. Florida swung and missed on a couple of guys in the transfer portal. And this is a fact. This is not guess. This is fact that we know that Florida struggled in the portal, uh, you know, going after their top targets. They were forced to settle on Wisconsin transfer Graham Mertz. And I was one of the many that almost used Florida, I feel like, guys, this offseason as sort of a punching bag in the sense of Florida might finish seventh behind Vanderbilt. Graham Mertz is the worst quarterback in the SEC, right? I had... I had Graham Mertz 14th in my SEC quarterback power rankings. Admittedly, he has been much, much better than I think anybody gave him credit for, right? Graham Mertz isn't just a complete disaster. He he is every bit of a game manager. He is every bit of a facilitator. He is every bit of a distributor of the football. He is not a game changer. He is not a big-time playmaker. He's not going to be a guy that's an all-conference or all-American caliber player. But he has been much better than 14th best in the SEC. That that goes without saying. And on the South Carolina side, I think the big question, guys, coming into this one, and of course we'll talk top storylines on tomorrow's show, but I think the big question going in this one for Spencer Rattler, the last time we saw Spencer Rattler out, that was the first time all season we saw him look like a mere mortal. You know, all season long, he's been wearing the Superman cape, right? He's been doing everything for South Carolina, putting this football team on his back. My question is, do we see Spencer Rattler go back to that out-of-this-world level he was playing at, right? Going 18 for 20 against Mississippi State, 25 for 27 against Furman. Granted, I understand the competition, but still, you look at the UNC game, you look at the Georgia game, the little help he's gotten around him. I think we all agree Spencer Rattler was playing at a level – not many other quarterbacks, not just in the SEC, but in college football, were playing at. Or do we see Spencer Rattler become mere mortal yet again? 
And this is against a Florida Gators defense, by the way, that gave him all sorts of trouble and all sorts of headaches a season ago. With that being said, even with our last memory of Spencer Rattler being on the field, being against Tennessee in that ball game, there's still no way you can look at this matchup and not give the significant nod to the Gamecocks. There's nobody out there who would rather have Graham Mertz than Spencer Rattler, and it's not even up for discussion. And I think that you look at that Tennessee game, you know, more of like it was the perfect storm at night at Neyland, and you look at the body of work for Spencer Rattler, what he's done to this point. One game against Tennessee where everything was going against seven can't make you forget just how good he has been this season. And again, while Graham Mertz has been better than I think most folks, including yours truly, gave him credit for, Spencer Rattler is head and shoulders above what Graham Mertz is at the quarterback position. So easily we give the nod to the Gamecocks at quarterback. We move to the running back position. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And the encouraging thing for South Carolina guys is this. Mario Anderson is giving this running game hope. He has, without a doubt, established himself as not just RB1, but I think the workhorse back there that South Carolina desperately needs in the running game. Because, guys, you look at these final seven games. It's not about, can South Carolina become a 50-50 team? And can South Carolina find a running back to average 150 yards per game or, or get them to that point where they average that as a team? The question is, and the question was, could they find a ball carrier that could just get some tough yardage and provide enough semblance of a balance to be 70-30, but that 30% be legitimate in the running game? And I think Mario Anderson gives you that, right? Mario Anderson, not a guy that's that's going to be a, you know, 
mention on any short lists of best running backs in the SEC, what have you, but he can be serviceable for South Carolina. Now, beyond Mario Anderson, where do the answers come at the running back position? I, I genuinely don't know, guys, because most fans are about sick and tired of seeing DeKevion Joyner tote the rock, as, as terrible as that sounds to say. Juju McDowell, he's, he's a guy that, you know, I, I think he can help this football team but he has to be utilized in really special packages. So I don't know that you could really look at him and say he's a surefire RB2. And then Dontavious Braswell, the true freshman, we just haven't seen any of him since the Furman game. So still major, major question marks in that Gamecocks running back room. And then you look at Florida. And guys, this is one of the best running back duos South Carolina is going to see this season. And Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne. Now, Trevor Etienne did not play last week. So his status is still somewhat up in the air. Talking to the Florida folks we've chatted with, they are expecting him most likely to play, but it's not 100%. But they feel as if Etienne more than likely held out last week for precautionary reasons. They had Vanderbilt, obviously, and they knew the Gamecocks were upcoming. Also, uh, Trayon Webb has been really, really good for them. Two rushing touchdowns, 6.6 yards per carry. The fact of the matter is this, guys. The Gators have somewhat of a three-headed monster. At minimum, they've got one of the best one-two punches in the SEC when it comes to the running back position with Johnson and ETN. And for that reason, the Gators get the nod at the running back position. We move to wide receiver. And on the Florida side of things, Ricky Pearsall the undisputed wide receiver one for the Gators, 453 yards. He's been pretty good in his own right. 453, two touchdowns, has a long of 50. You might recall that incredible one-handed catch he had in that game. I believe it was against Charlotte. If not Charlotte, it was McNeese. It was one of their FCS opponents, if you will. Uh, averaging 75.5 yards per game. So there is no doubt Ricky Pearsall is their go-to guy. The question is, what do they have beyond him? They like Eugene Wilson III a lot, a true freshman, 20 for 168, a touchdown on the year. Uh, you know, Caleb Douglas, 11 for 133, a touchdown. But really, guys, you look at their receiving core and their passing game as a whole, it's Ricky Pearsall and then a bunch of question marks, right? And while South Carolina is in somewhat of a similar situation, right, because it's Xavier Leggett and then – you know, who is the wide receiver two behind him? Because we know Juice Wells is not going to play on Saturday. So it's Xavier Leggett, and then, you know, is Amargan Brown going to be 100%? Is it Eddie Lewis? Is it Omega Blake? Do we finally start to see Nick Harbour emerge? So when you compare the wide receiver position with these two teams, it really does come down to the top-end talent and the top-end production. And I think South Carolina's top-end talent and top-end production is better than Florida's. I also like the depth overall more. I think you sort of know more of what you're getting out of guys like Omega Blake, Eddie Lewis, um, and Amarian Brown than you do guys like Eugene Wilson, Caleb Douglas, and the rest of these Florida wide receivers who are very talented, but most of them are true freshmen. They are unproven. At least guys like Amarian Brown and Eddie Lewis, they've done it at the Power Five level before. Uh, you know, and then you got Nicholas Harbor, Omega Blake behind them as well. And then Guys, again, I, I would give Xavier Leggett the nod over a Ricky Pearsall as good as he has been. So, for all those reasons I mentioned, I do give the Gamecocks the nod at the wide receiver position. It is very, very slight. I was very close to labeling this as a push 
but I will give South Carolina the nod when it comes to the wide receiver position. We move to tight ends. And I am really intrigued to see guys come out of the bye week if South Carolina utilizes the tight ends more than they have to this point. You know, you've started to see Trey Knox emerge and come along. I think he's turning into a nice weapon for South Carolina. But where is Joshua Simon? I mean, this is a guy we heard about from local pundits all preseason long, talking about how good he is, how great he is. He's going to be involved. He's such an upgrade from this guy or that guy. And I mean, guys, Joshua Simon's had a few catches, but he's been a non-factor. I mean, he's, he's been practically a non-factor to this point in the season. Do we start to see more Joshua Simon? Do we start to see more Trey Knox involved in this offense? And then you look at Florida, and they just had a tight end emerge. Granted, against Vandy, but they did have a tight end emerge in Arliss Boardingham, who, coming into last week's game, had just six catches on the year and one touchdown. And I think only, I'm counting it up here, 38, 43, 51 yards receiving, right? So, was a very seldom used tight end going into that game last weekend against Vanderbilt. Guys, against Vandy, seven catches for 99 yards and two touchdowns. Arliss Boardingham, a name to keep an eye on, the redshirt freshman out of California, uh, six foot three, 240 pounds. Outside of that, guys, They've got Jonathan Odom, nine for 75, no touchdowns. Uh, and really outside of that, guys, they don't utilize the tight end a ton, or at least they just have not this season. Uh, when I look at this position, guys, these are very comparable, but I think there's more proven talent in South Carolina's room than there is in Florida's room. Because you look at Trey Knox. I mean, this is a guy, a multi-year starter in the SEC, you know what you're getting, but you know he's a dependable option at the tight end position. And then Joshua Simon, I don't think it's that he doesn't have the talent. I mean, this guy's had seven receiving touchdowns last year. Granted, it was at Western Kentucky, but seven receiving touchdowns last year, but he just has not been utilized. And I think that that duo of Trey Knox and Joshua Simon is better than really anything that Florida has at this point. You know, one good game for Arliss Boardingham does not give Florida the nod here, does not solve all their issues at that tight end spot or make all of a sudden the tight end a lethal weapon for the Gators. So for that reason, I do give the Gamecocks the nod at the tight end position with the dynamic duo of Trey Knox, Josh Simon. And I think you're going to start to see South Carolina utilize those tight ends much, much more beginning this week. We move to the offensive line. And unfortunately, our last memories of South Carolina's offensive line was against the Tennessee Volunteers in a sick, 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 six-sack effort, if I can spit that out. In a six-sack effort. That is our last memory of the Gamecocks offensive line, starting a pair of freshmen with Big Troop Abilade and Trovon Bow. Now, good news is here as Ja'Kai Moore should return this week and should not put all the pressure on Trovon Bow. Uh, in regards to the right guard position, having him just thrust out there against yet another SEC opponent. And so, I can't even say it's been a mixed bag for South Carolina's offensive line because, you know, some will look back at Tennessee and say, okay, you ran the ball better, 140 yards. But then you factor in that 75 of that came on one carry. And you take that away, and it was a very typical South Carolina rushing performance, guys. 2.4 yards per carry. You know, ran for about 45 yards or so, or like 50 yards in that ball game. Nothing crazy, nothing spectacular. You then look at Florida, and 
while they have not been great on the offensive line, statistically, they have been much, much better than South Carolina. They've only surrendered 15 sacks as a team, and they have paved the way for a rushing attack that's been pretty potent with Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne. Guys, I was really, really close to labeling this one as a push because Florida, again, has had their own issues. I think a big boost for the Gators this week, though, guys, they held out two of their top offensive linemen against Vanderbilt, including their center, Kingsley Agukin, which I'm probably messing that last name up, but either way, they're starting center. They held him out. You saw him return in that game against Tennessee. He had missed a couple of games, and it made a world of difference against that Tennessee defensive front when he came back for the Gators' offensive line. Guys, I just I, I cannot in good conscience give South Carolina the nod here when they've been so bad and so abysmal to this point. I mean, guys, South Carolina on the offensive front is on pace to allow 59 sacks this season. 59, which would by far be a school record. So you look at these two units. Florida's got their own issues. They've been makeshift. You're going to hear, you'll hear Gator fans talk about how their offensive line has been no good. They've had problems. But it pales in comparison to what South Carolina is dealing with. I mean, South Carolina, this is one of, if not the worst offensive line in the SEC. So with that being said, I give the Gators the nod of the offensive line position. It was close to a push. But until we see a better performance coming out of that Tennessee game and just see this offensive line, I mean, guys, even in their best performance of the season against an SEC foe, the Gamecocks surrendered four sacks against Mississippi State. It's just, even when it's good, it seems to be less than stellar for the Gamecocks offensive line. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun, and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, 
and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought. Whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And game time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. We move to the defensive front. I think a big question this weekend, guys, is what do you get out of the edge position? Jordan Strawn, Jatias Gear, does Drew Tuazama start to come along? Does Brian Thomas Jr. finally make an impact? How about Tyreek Johnson? How about Terrell Dawkins? Where has he been? Then you look at the interior. Tonka Hemingway, Boogie Huntley. Does TJ Sanders continue his hot play? Right, He's been much, much better over the last couple of weeks since that Georgia game. Do you see a guy like Nick Barrett? Do you see Elijah Davis finally emerge? But I think there's still a lot of questions when it comes to that Gamecocks defensive front, a defensive front that, listen, by all accounts, they have been much, much better. The statistics prove it. They've been much better against the run. 141 yards per game allowed this season. If you'd have told me that's what South Carolina will be allowing through uh, through five games in this season, I would have taken that in a heartbeat. You look at Florida on the defensive front. And they overhauled this group over the offseason through the transfer portal, and it is paying off major, major dividends for the Florida Gators. Memphis transfer, Cam Jackson in the middle at six foot six, 360 pounds. He has been fantastic for them this season. They've also got six foot five, 435 pound interior defensive lineman. Desmond Watson, we all recall this guy, had an interception against South Carolina a season ago and proceeded to stiff arm Spencer Rattler. You then look at Tyreek Sapp at six foot three, two seventy five up front. He's got two sacks and two tackles for loss for them. Guys, you keep going down the list. I mean, it, it, it's just great athletes on great athletes. Caleb Banks, the redshirt freshman, six foot six. 320 pounds. They've got size. They've got speed off of the edge. And I think they've just got more top-end talent, guys, than South Carolina. You also look at Princely Umenmielen, which, again, I'm probably messing that name up as well. The junior, six foot five, 255, coming off of the edge. This is a guy that's been an all-SEC caliber player during his time at Florida. 14 total tackles at this point. Four tackles for loss and two sacks. I like the Gators' talent, and I like their production at this point in the season much more than I like what South Carolina puts on the field on a week-in, week-out basis. Now, I know this is a group that got gutted against Kentucky. I totally understand that. But the same way we look at the Kentucky game, you also have to look at Tennessee. You have to look at the rest of the schedule. And you look at... Basically, every other game this season, guys, the Gators have been fantastic defensively at all three levels, right? The Kentucky game looks more like the outlier. It looks more like the exception than the rule because Florida has been fantastic. Austin Armstrong, the defensive coordinator, has done a great job with that defense. 
and I think you've seen them be active against the run. They're not the greatest in the world at rushing the passer. Only nine sacks to this point this season. And unfortunately, the Gamecocks have a way of making teams like that look really, really good rushing the passer. But either way, guys, I I like their size on the interior. I like their talent on the edge. I I like it much, much more than what South Carolina presents for that reason. I do give the Gators the edge at the defensive line position. We move to linebacker, and Florida is led by a pair of really, really good ones. Shamar James, the sophomore out of Mobile, Alabama, six foot one, 230 pounds, leading the Gators with 42 total tackles, five tackles for loss, and a sack. And then Scooby Williams, the redshirt sophomore out of Alabama, six foot two, 230 pounds, 29 total tackles, three tackles for loss, and a sack to his credit as well. Well, that one-two punch, that dynamic duo, guys, it's better than anything South Carolina has right now. Be totally honest with you. I think the linebacker position for the Gamecocks is still a bit of an eyesore. It's still a bit of a work in progress. Um, you know, you really could use Mo Kaba right now, unfortunately. Of course, we know out for the season with an injury. Um, I-, I will say this. I think the linebacker position's improving just because you are getting to a point where, and Shane Beamer mentioned this in his media availability this week, where Bam Martin-Scott and Pup Howard are seeing more and more and more reps, and it's taken some of the pressure off of Stone Blanton and Debo Williams. They're not having to go out there and play every single snap. Like that, that lack of quality depth has really been killing you. So maybe this is the week we start to see Bam Martin-Scott, Pup Howard make even more of an impact, and you start to even out those snaps, and you're able to keep guys fresh and rotate guys in, and there not be such a major drop-off from your ones to your twos. But until we see that, guys, I like what Florida has at the linebacker position much more. I think South Carolina still has a ton to prove. I, I think the Gamecocks just being average, at linebacker would be a great step in the right direction for whatever reason. This has been a problem area for Gamecocks football for quite some time. I don't think that's any different this year. I do give Florida the advantage and the edge at the linebacker position. We move to defensive back. Now, this is probably one that will be highly debated because there's many folks out there who say, Chris, South Carolina secondary isn't as bad as their statistics will show. And South Carolina is a victim of the quarterbacks and the offenses they've played at this point in the season. And listen, you have a valid argument in the sense of South Carolina's first five games. It's been a gauntlet in the sense of the quarterbacks you faced and the high-flying passing attacks you faced. Drake May in North Carolina, need I say more. Carson Beck in Georgia, who, by the way, guys, I don't know if you've checked recently, Carson Beck is on pace to set the single-season passing yards record at the University of Georgia. Will Rogers and Mississippi State, right? And then you got Joe Milton and Tennessee and Josh Heupel in that offensive attack. So, with all that being said, though, you can't give up 311 yards per game passing. You you just can't do it. You, You absolutely cannot do it. And that's exactly what South Carolina has done to this point. Do I think that the Gamecocks are much more talented in the secondary than what they've shown to this point? Yes, I do. Especially Nicky Minwari and DQ Smith in the back end. 
I think Nickel's still somewhat of a mystery while David Spalding nurses back from injury and Keenan Nelson Jr. tries to figure things out. And, you know, do they slide DQ Smith down to the nickel spot? They lack quality depth at the safety position. And then I think that, excuse me, O'Donnell Fortune and Marcellus Dial have been solid, but I don't think they've been great. I, I do not think they have filled in the shoes of the departed Cam Smith and Debrius Rush. You then look at Florida in the secondary, and you talk to Gator folks. You know, this is a unit that's been impacted negatively by Jason Marshall Jr. and his his production or lack thereof, not living up to the hype, right? But Jason Marshall Jr., Jaden Hill, Kamari Wilson, all return for the Gators in the secondary. And you look at them guys, they're doing a fantastic job stopping the passing game to this point in the season. You know, I I think this is actually one of the most fun-to-watch matchups in this game on Saturday. It's Florida's pass defense against South Carolina's pass offense because it's good on good, right? Gamecocks averaging over 300 yards per game passing. Florida is allowing, averaging, giving up just 167 yards per game through the air. And so while, you know, maybe some guys haven't lived up to some sorts of hype, right? You talk to Gator folks. I think Jaden Hill is a really, really good player. Uh, Jason Marshall Jr. has got all the talent in the world. For whatever reason, has not been great this season, but he's got all the talent in the world. Again, they've still got Kamari Wilson in the back end. And so you can look on paper and you can say, well, you know, we've got this guy, that guy. Look at the talent. Look what we've done in the secondary years past. But, guys, that's not what this comparison is. It's to this point in the season. And so – Is Florida secondary as good as what these numbers have shown? I don't know. We're going to find out a lot about that on Saturday because they have not faced a quarterback like Spencer Rattler to this point in the season. But again, this is another scenario where I just cannot in good conscience say, yep, the Gamecocks have the advantage. Because, guys, this secondary has been terrible. They haven't just been bad. They've been terrible. Flat out terrible and they're much better than what they've shown but until they show it all we have to go off of is what we've seen to this point for that reason I do give the Gators the nod at the defensive back position we move to kickers and punters and guys I'll tell you this this is not the beamer ball of old that we are all so accustomed to this is not that. Um, you know, the the you love to see the fake punt. Obviously, Kai Kroger and Xavier Leggett, you know, execute that in the game against Tennessee. I mean, outside of that, you've had the onside kick against UNC, but you haven't really had those, those big game-changing plays on special teams. So, you know, I, I say all that to say, like, you look at special teams, efficiency ratings, or what have you, the, the fancy numbers. Guys, the Gamecocks are outside of the top 30. Florida's actually ranked higher than South Carolina in special teams efficiency or whatever metrics they use to measure special teams. They're led by punter Jeremy Crenshaw, averaging 48.89 punts or yards per punt this season, 11 punts longer than 50 yards, five downed inside the 20, and four have been for a fair catch. You then look at their field goal kicking situation. Really interesting. They started out with Adam Mahalik, which was a walk-on. 
He went one for three early on the season. They then transferred over to Trey Smack, who was a scholarship kicker, and he's been perfect ever since. Seven for seven, also hit a 50-yarder against the Charlotte 49ers, along a 54. That was that 50-yarder I just mentioned. And he's been really, really good for them. Here's one of the biggest reasons, though, I give South Carolina the nod. Guys, did you know that Florida does not have a special teams coordinator? They just don't have one. They've got two offensive line coaches, but no special teams coach. One of the wildest things I've ever heard in my entire life. And so that is a big reason. I, I still believe in Kai Kroger, Mitch Jeter. I, you know, I, I think the the demise of Kai Kroger is being vastly overplayed just because Beamer Ball is not winning games like it did at the end of last season. Mitch Jeter is still as solid as they come. And for that reason, guys, I, I still do give the nod to the Gamecocks when it comes to the kicker-punter position. And one of the biggest reasons is because South Carolina's kickers and punters are led by Pete Limbo. Florida's kickers and punters are led by nobody. <laughs> They're led by nobody. So I do give the nod to South Carolina. Finally, guys, coaching. Who's got the nod on the sidelines in this game? On the Florida side, you've got Billy Napier, second-year head coach who I think all would agree it felt like he was on somewhat of a hot seat coming into this season, right? The standout on their staff is defensive coordinator Austin Armstrong, and I, and I think that was a hiring that was under somewhat of scrutiny, right? Because it's a guy that 29-year-old DC, you know, a guy who, who who's never been a defensive coordinator before, obviously got the vote of confidence from from Nick Saban getting hired on his staff, I think as a linebacker's coach. But that was a real roll of the dice. Austin Armstrong, though, has been fantastic as a DC. Rob Sale, their offensive coordinator. You know, I, I, I and and you listen to Gator fans, guys. It's really Billy Napier's offense. Billy Napier is the one calling the shots. He's calling the offense. And you'll hear it in our conversation with inallkindsweather.com. They feel as if Billy Napier's got to go out and really hire a true OC because Rob Sale right now is the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, right? Like he's not the true, <clears throat> he's not the true OC, okay? Like a Dabble Loggins is or somebody else, if you will. Then, like I mentioned, guys, there's no special teams coordinator. There's no special teams coach for the Florida Gators. And this is one that, again, I went back and forth on, guys, admittedly. I went back and forth on this because I think you look at Billy Napier, what he's doing in recruiting, that big win over Tennessee. Like, I, I think there's signs of life in that Florida program. That progression is happening, and good things are on the way. But while some are starting to doubt Shane Beamer, and some are starting to doubt the future of the program under his leadership, guys, despite a rough first five games of year three of his tenure, you cannot forget all the goodwill they've built up, all the big wins they've had, all the ways they've overachieved. And if you look at the staff top to bottom, South Carolina actually has an OC in Dabble Loggins, who I think to this point has been solid. He's been an upgrade, no doubt. Now, at defensive coordinator, I'd tip my cap to Florida. I'd take Austin Armstrong in a heartbeat right now over Clayton White. It is what it is. And then again, you've got Pete Limbo. I would say the best special teams coach in all of college football, and Florida has nobody. So, 
I almost went push here. I almost went push, but I've got to give the nod to the Gamecocks when it comes to the coaching side of things. I, you know, I, I think Billy Napier is a much better coach than people, especially Gamecock fans, like to give him credit for. But I still give the nod to Shane Beaver because he's more established. He's done more at his respective school. These two coaches are one and one. Actually, excuse me, Shane Beamer's 0-1 because Shane Beamer's one win against Florida came against Dan Mullen. So this is a big game for Shane Beamer, right? Billy Napier and the Gators take you down. All of a sudden, we might have a different conversation. It might be much more of a push than advantage Gamecocks. But only one coach entered this season on the hot seat. That was Billy Napier, not Shane Beamer, and Shane Beamer's not there yet. And I think top to bottom, South Carolina does have overall a better staff than what Florida presents. So for that reason, I give the nod to the Gamecocks for their coaching staff, and the advantage should be on the South Carolina sideline on Saturday afternoon. is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.